Alex fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we're going to get you caught up on all the action with the Ducks this uh, last week. They had uh, four games that they uh, went through, uh, winning three of them, and then, uh, of course, losing in overtime again uh, in the last one against St. Louis. But we'll go over all of that, get to your fan questions. Uh, we also got some updates on the All-Star game, uh, some San Diego goal stuff, uh, a trade that was made with the Ducks, too. Not a big one, but we'll talk about that as well. But uh, let's get to the action uh, this last week. The uh, Ducks uh, were playing several games, Eddie. The, the first one uh, against the Dallas Stars, they actually took down Dallas in this one, uh, two to nothing. You had uh, Silverberg and Cogliano scoring, and a pretty solid performance by the Ducks on this one. And, and another shout out for Gibson uh, on this homestand. Yeah, and they kind of beat Dallas at their uh, their own game in this one. They they played a fast game. They they you know they played to Dallas's strength. They just had a, you know a great goaltending defense was good in this game. They able to grab a power play goal from Silverberg and and win the faceoff battle as well. And you know, rarely do you see us. Maybe more so this year, but you know, last year rarely could did you see any team beat Dallas at at a speed game and and playing that type of hockey. And you know, a good game by the Ducks and and really a, a great effort by Gibson again to get the shutout. And it was one of the more complete games we've seen them play lately. So it was nice to you know start the the week on, on a win like that. Yeah, the Ducks, uh, you know, played pretty well on this homestand, you know, winning almost all the games. I mean, obviously they lost the one to Minnesota, but uh, they had a couple shutouts in here that are pretty good. And then they uh, went on the road too, you know, a brief road trip uh, against Colorado, Arizona. Uh, they beat Colorado 4-1 and, you know, Arizona, they got another uh, shutout. But uh, looking at the, uh, the Colorado game, uh, you know, the Ducks... Uh, playing a team that's you know not doing so well, uh, just like Arizona as well, but they ended up uh, winning this one. They lost the faceoff battle in this game, but uh, Silverberg scored again. Uh, you saw Raquel and Kessler at this time score. They both got their uh, you know 17th goals on the season, um, and then Perry finally got one. Yeah, it was an empty net goal, and we'll kind of talk about Perry a little bit later. We've got some fan questions, and you know some of you are concerned. But what did you see in this game, Eddie? It looked like the uh, the Kessler line was the one that came through again for the Ducks. Yeah, and really this was a game we said they they have to win in this one. You're playing one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, you know, they still have some, some quality players on their team in Nathan McKinnon and, and Matt Duchesne and Gabriel Landeskog, but this was a game that the Ducks had to come in and, and had to play well and win. And you know, Silverberg started off with, with a ridiculous shot into the top corner over Varlamov and you know, the only mistake the Ducks really made in this game was the, the, the turnover that led to Nathan McKinnon's breakaway and the only avalanche goal of the game. And from there on, they controlled the game. They, they outskated the avalanche. You know, obviously, like you said, they did lose the faceoff dot, but they, you know, the Avs uh, also have the second best defense, uh, sorry, second best faceoff man in the league in Matt Duchesne. So they do have some quality guys there, but, you know, it didn't seem to matter in this game. The Ducks took advantage of the opportunity. Perry snapped his goal drought with, uh, with an empty netter. So, just a, a complete game, you know, a good follow-up from from the good game in Dallas, and another strong effort from from uh, Gibson in this one as well. Yeah, and you know, we also saw the return of uh, Ryan Getzloff in this game, uh, which <clears throat> there was some uh, movement too amongst the uh, the roster. You know, Wagner was uh, sent back down, and so was uh, Montour. You saw uh, Nason come up, and he played in this game, and also Theodore 
came up and played in this game as well. So there were some, you know, a little bit of changes going on. We're going to talk uh, about that. Um, there's a few more movement uh, that were made, uh, you know, after the St. Louis game, but we'll get to that. But it was good to see Getzloff get back in there. He got an assist, uh, had a plus minus, a plus two. And, uh, you know, just to get him back in, in the groove of things, uh, he played alongside uh, Perry and Raquel in this one, Eddie. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it was a good game for him back. Like you said, he grabbed an assist. He was on the, the positive side. Uh, with uh, his time on ice uh, during that game. And, and, you know, he struggled in the faceoff dot, but he was matched up against Matt Duchesne for most of the game, so it was understandable. He was only at uh, 27% for for that game, but, you know, Matt Duchesne's a tough customer in, in the faceoff dot, so there's no surprise there. But, uh, you know, it's good to have him back. Obviously, the you know, having the captain in the, in the team is always good, but with, with Getzlaff, what he does for this team and the plays that he can make, it's always good to have him in the lineup. Yeah, and with that, the Ducks then went um, into playing Arizona, which was uh, first of back-to-back games. The Ducks uh, played the Coyotes, and then they came back home and played the Blues. And, and again, another opponent uh, that the Ducks, you know, should win and should beat uh, a team that's also struggled, you know, pretty badly this season. Uh, unfortunately for the Coyote fans, but uh, in this one, the Ducks went with Bernier because of the back-to-back situation. They saved Gibson for the uh, game against St. Louis. On Sunday, uh, and in this one, uh, Eddie, the Ducks pretty much did what they needed to do. You know, they they pulled out this one. They won three uh, nothing. This uh, Lindholm got a second goal of the season. Richie scored, and then uh, Kessler with the empty netter in the end. Yeah, it seems like the Ducks defense that we expected to see and, and what we saw all of last year is finally here. Uh, I mean, another shout out this week. Uh, the you know Gibson's been playing great, and the defense has stepped up lately. So it was a good, strong game from them. Uh, another game that we said they they should win. You're playing, you know, when you play the two worst teams in the league back-to-back, you would expect to win those games. There's no easy games, but, you know, from the outside, you're looking in, you're expected to win them. And they, and they had a strong game. Lindholm opened the scoring early with uh, with that goal that almost didn't look like it went in, but it just went in, went in and hit the back part of the crossbar. And then, like you said, Richie grabbing his 10th and, and Kessler grabbing the empty netter. So it was a strong effort. They didn't uh, generate a lot of chances. Uh, they only had 23 shots on goal, but the, the opportunities they did have, they took advantage of, like, uh, with Richie grabbing the uh, the mistake from Louis Domingue in this game and, and, and potting the insurance goal. So I think it was a strong effort from them. They they probably could have, uh, you know, afforded to have a little bit more opportunities this game, generate a, a few more shots, and we saw that as an issue through two periods in, in the St. Louis game coming up. But uh, I think it was a strong effort, and obviously getting the shutout for, for Bernier, who hasn't played in a while, is good for him too. Yeah, you know, that was uh, Bernier's first uh, career shutout as a member of the Ducks. So, you know, that was good to see him do that and get that. And, I mean, you know, you look at these games, <clears throat> those last six games right there, the Ducks, you know, three shutouts out of those six games. So that's, you know, pretty good. Um, like we said, they've been holding the opponents to, you know, two goals or less. And they're really rolling. The Ducks have been playing uh, very well. And they rolled in to Honda Center uh, the next night to play St. Louis. And this was another uh, tough defensive battle. And it looked like this game, uh, you know, may have been won in regulation by St. Louis. You know, they they got one goal in the second period. Uh, you know, big defensive battle. The shots both in the low 20s. Uh, both teams didn't do well in the power play, uh, which that's been kind of an issue we'll talk about too with the Ducks. And, uh, you know, they were able to tie it up. Uh, Raquel uh, got his 18th of the goal, so he and Kessler both lead the way now on the team. Uh, Getzloff getting another assist, so we saw he, you know, got an assist uh, in each one of these uh, games uh, since he's come back. And it looked okay uh, until we went to overtime, Eddie, which, 
every time we go to overtime, you know, it's 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 kind of an interesting situation. But the Ducks ended up dropping this one in overtime, two to one. They're now one and eight in uh, three on three overtime, and uh, they're two and one during shootouts. But you know, just kind of a little bit of frustration. You really thought the Ducks uh, could have come away uh, maybe with two points in this one. Yeah, it was a it was a good road game for the Blues. You knew both both teams would be tired coming off playing the other night. Obviously, the Blues played the uh, the Sharks the night before, and and the Ducks played obviously Arizona. So it was a it was a tough game through two periods. Like you said, they they both had uh, a defensive game going, limited amount of shots throughout both uh, the first two periods. But I think the Ducks did a good job of limiting limiting the Blues power play. The the Blues went zero for three on the power play in this, and and the Ducks have really stepped up their penalty kill in, in the last week or so. So I think that was a good effort for them in this game and just unfortunately they kind of get a, a little bit unlucky especially on the the first goal by Patrick Berglund in the second period I mean there's not much you can really do on that play I mean Gibson maybe could have got across a little bit quicker and, and blocked it off but it, it just found a way through and and there's not much you can really do to prevent a goal like that and I think other than that the Ducks played well defensively like you said until overtime and again an, another mistake and, and it's hard to to criticize Getzloff you know, with the play he's had this season, but in overtime he seems to be just another, a, a different player because in, he lets Patrick Berglund skate outside the zone, come in and get in behind him and, and have an easy tap in that, you know, there's no chance for Gibson in this game. And it's unfortunate because the Ducks played a pretty good back-to-back game. They played a good defensive game in this in this one as well. And it's disappointing to not come up with two points that they, they probably could have deserved. But you know, in the end, at least they grabbed the one point. Yeah, they grabbed the one point, and uh, you know uh, some of the fan questions, and we'll go into in just a second. You know, pertain to uh, to Getzloff and Perry, but uh, I think I think people are, you know, their uh, patience has run pretty thin with the overtime. Um, if you've noticed, you know, most of the overtimes this season, Perry really hasn't been out there anymore. And, you know, it's just my opinion. I think it's time for Getzloff to not be out there as much anymore either. I mean, it just it's kind of frustrating because. He's he's not doing the drop passes like he did last season, so that's that's a positive that's been gone. But it just seems like he's either missing, uh, you know, an assignment on defense like he did in that game, or he's either passing or shooting the puck wide and springing the team the other way. Um, and it's just kind of frustrating. I, I just think that uh, if the Ducks are going to roll in overtime like they've been doing, I, I think you go with Vermette or Kessler if you're going to throw a center out there. And, and uh, you know, you and I talked about this too. You go with uh, speed. Uh, if you're going to throw out defensemen, you're going to go with Botnan, you're going to go with Fowler, uh, you know Theodore, you know those types, Lindholm, the, the guys that can uh, play two-way games. But uh, I'm just glad that you know in the playoffs there is no three-on-three overtime, Eddie. It's just the regular five-on-five. Yeah, with the record that they have with one, one and eight in, in overtime this season, I mean that's eight points that you're missing out on, and those are eight big points when you're looking at, at the race the Ducks are in in the Pacific, and it's disappointing. I mean, you would like to be able to play your best players out there and. And it's hard to right now. You look at Getzloff, and he just doesn't look comfortable out there in overtime. Uh, he's like you said, he's not making the drop passes anymore. But it's missing defensive assignments in his own zone, which have which have hurt the Ducks and missing shots. And 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 again, Getzloff isn't the fastest player in the league. So when you miss a chance like that, and take a shot where you could have just kept possession and held the play, and you and then you know you can't get back to to help the defense on a play like that. And it's cost the Ducks a couple times this season as well. So. I mean, maybe they should try not putting him out there for overtime. It is difficult, though, like you know, like we said, because it's hard not to, to rely on your two best players to, to win you a game in, in overtime. But, 
you know, with the way that they've been playing and, and the difficulties they they've had in overtime this season, you know, maybe you go with a guy like Vermette or Kessler or Silverberg or Raquel in, in overtime instead of those two. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's one thing. If you look at during the the games and stuff, as far as the regular, you know, three periods and whatnot, of course, Getzloff's fine out there. Uh, you know, he's helps out on the power play, of course, and is fine in that situation. I just don't know what it is. It's you know, the three on three has just been kind of something that's been his Achilles' heel. But uh, it does raise you know some questions, and, and some of the fans have asked about uh, Getzloff and Perry. We had uh, Danny ask a question, a couple other people as well about, you know, what's going on with both these guys as far as the season. Obviously, you know, Perry hasn't been scoring as much, and at least the people in my section are pretty concerned. Um, you know, what do you think as far as uh, both of them and how they're doing? I mean, obviously, you know, Getzloff was out for a little while, and now he's back. Um, but as far as those two, uh, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, and, and response to some of the fans' concerns? You know, I think other than overtime, Getzloff has actually been pretty good this season. I, I mean, of course, the the issue we've had with him for for a while now, and for for the last few seasons, is at times where he could he should shoot the puck, he doesn't. But I mean, that's just the type of player that he is. And I mean, I think we're going to see that for the rest of his career. The the older he gets, I think the more he's going to look for the pass. And and I don't think there's an issue with that. He's one of the best passers in the league. So um, I think his play's been pretty good. And, and you know, in regulation and and just maybe an overtime is where you could look to work on some things. But you know, as for Perry, I think the <clears throat> you look at the stats for that, I think that's where you, you kind of look at the issue. And I, I mean, it's it's hard to say just look at the stats and say he's doing bad. I think he's doing all right this season. But, you know, when he's only at eight goals and, and the last, you know, a couple of them are empty netters as well. So it's it, it's difficult to say he's doing great. And, and you know, He's he's making good passes. He, he's assisting more than we we would expect from him. But that's not exactly why or what we want him to do. Especially at this point when the Ducks are struggling to score goals as of late, he's the guy that you would hope to be able to rely on. And and really, he's still in this slump that he can't seem to get out of. I, I know he broke it with the empty netter, but I mean he still hasn't scored a goal. You know, a regular goal in, in was about fourteen, fifteen games now. So. That's something that we're we're hoping to see him change, and I mean he's still getting opportunities. He's still the same player. Um, I think it's just a matter of time, and and we've said that so many times this season. Even on the first time he was slumping, it's just a matter of time before he starts scoring. And then he grabbed three in in four games, and we thought it was done. And of course now here we are, uh, another fourteen games later, and he only has one goal. But you know I I think to- something that Thomas mentioned, one of the writers for us, is that he's just not being a pest this season. We're not seeing it as much. We're seeing it, you know, at some points, but not it not as often as we'd like to see from a guy like Corey Perry. And maybe that doesn't attribute to his goals, but it kind of just his whole game just kind of seems off when you don't see him doing stuff like uh, on the ice. And maybe that attributes to him not scoring goals or not, but. If the Ducks are going to push for a Pacific Division title or, or move farther in the playoffs, they're going to need him to start scoring goals soon. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. I mean, I think if you do look at the stats, if you look at the puck possession stats, you look at the shots, you look at the time on ice and all those things throughout his career in this season, a lot of it hasn't really changed. There's not a big discrepancy. He's not, you know, not getting opportunities. Um, he's not, uh, you know, playing less time. Uh, things like that. So if you look at overall in the stats, everything looks, you know, pretty much the same, but except for the goals, you wonder what's going on. I, and I think like Thomas mentioned, you mentioned too, is I, 
that whole pestiness of Perry is what we haven't seen in a while. Um, we're so used to him being in front of the opposing goalies, uh, you know, crease, uh, getting you know attention from the defenseman, getting attention from the goalie, and you know, basically just you know causing chaos in in the crease. And I think that's the biggest element missing from his game. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why he hasn't done it as much or what the issue is um, this season. Uh, but I, I think he needs to get back to that, and it will uh, dramatically improve. And um, another thing I think that maybe the Ducks could do is maybe change up the lineup a little bit. I mean, obviously you're not going to change the Kessler line. We all know that. That line has been like playing out of their mind, uh, both sides of the ring. So that's the do-not-touch line, basically. <laughs> but when you look at with Getzloff back, I, I would think maybe you keep Getzloff with Raquel, and then you put Kasse on that line. And then maybe you put Perry down with Richie and Vermint. I mean, we look at Vermint, um, you know, and Tasha asks about Vermint and, and how well he's done and how he's helped Richie. You know, Richie's got 10 goals. He's got more than Perry. I think it's something that maybe could help Perry out, too, is if you have another person like that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. With Perry and Getzloff, it just doesn't seem that the chemistry is quite there as much. Um, that's just kind of my thought of what I've seen out there. And maybe if you change it up and put um, – you know, because Perry has played with Richie before, a little bit with Vermette, but maybe you try that line out, it might be something that might work a little bit better for Perry, Eddie. Yeah, and I think if the goal-scoring you know, struggle continues in the next few games, there's a possibility that we see some lineup changes. But I actually like what I've seen from, from, from Matt Cassie and, and Richie so far. And, and you know, the other part of the question she says, too, are, do they look like that it should be a a line that should be kept together long term, like the the Cogliano, Kessler, and Silverberg line, and and I think they've actually done a pretty good job so far. Uh, you know, they're a, more of an energy line, especially with Cache out there. Uh, Richie's out there hitting guys as well. Vermette uh, is a energy guy as well, so I like how that line is together. And, and no, of course, if the the goal scoring um, struggle continues, then yeah, we might see Vermette go with Perry. Um, of course, winning those faceoffs, you might have uh, give Perry a couple more opportunities to score some goals as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, we've got a couple more games coming up before the the All Star break. So if uh, they struggle to score goals in the next three games or so, we might see a little bit, a couple lineup changes either before the the All Star game or after. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you there. I mean, I do like the way that that Burmette line has been playing right now. I just, you know, I'm trying to think of how the Ducks can get more offense. And, and you know, obviously a lot of people point at Perry. So uh, if something doesn't give in the next couple of games, because like you said, you know, he hasn't scored a regular goal. And, and, you know, it seems like forever. I mean, yeah, he got the empty net goal, but we don't really count that as, as a score. But, you know, speaking of the other line, we talk about uh, the Kessler line, how well they've done. Um, you know, we had another question from Matt about Kessler and whether or not he should, uh, you know, end up winning the Selkie, which is, you know, it's been a topic for the last couple of seasons. Uh, if you don't know, it's it's the award given to the uh, offensive forward that displays the best defense, actually. And, I mean, I definitely say he's in the running, Eddie. I mean, you see him go up against the top line or, or the second top line, uh, you know, almost every single night. He's winning those face-offs. I mean, he, he's, this is more offense, but he's leading the, the team in goals now along with Raquel. Uh, he's just a complete player, and when you can take someone like that and put him up against any line and not even blink an eye, I mean, he has to be at least talked about, you know, as far as the the Selkie conversation. 
Yeah, and you look at the guys he normally goes up against, especially last year he was a, a nominee and he goes against Bergeron and Kopitar, and those are the guys you usually see up for that ward as well. Kessler's been up for it a couple times as well, but you know he's doing a lot better than both of them. Both of them are, are I guess, essentially struggling this season, Bergeron more so than Kopitar, but Kopitar's not playing as well as you normally see from him. So I think he has to be the favorite right now, especially with those two struggling. And, and you know, if the if the awards were going out today, I think he he would have to be the favorite to win it and you know we heard <laughs> we heard them uh, mention on the broadcast that um that Kessler should be up for for the heart trophy too I think that might be a little bit too far um I mean as for MVP of the Ducks you have to give it to Kessler this season but yeah for for, for the Selke I think he's he's deserving of it so far you know there's still a less a little bit less than half a season to go so we'll have to see what happens but I mean he's got a, a pretty big head start right now yeah, and I mean, he's been playing so well, as you all know, he's going to be going to the All-Star game, too, coming up here in Los Angeles, uh, you know, just in a short time here. And also, uh, Cam Fowler's going to go. And I mean, another guy that, you know, talk about playing a pretty complete game, too, Eddie. I mean, Fowler's been out there scoring, you know, a lot more goals than any of us anticipated. And he's been playing pretty solid defense. I mean, I wouldn't say he's probably the number one, you know, defenseman for the Ducks uh, in terms of just strictly defense, but he's definitely top two. I mean, he's been playing very well, not been making many mistakes. Uh, his passes are on point. Uh, he's reading the plays very well, and it's another guy that's definitely deserving of going to the All Star game. Yeah, for sure. His play since the beginning of the season has has been great. His power play. Uh, play early in the season before the Ducks struggled on the power play was one of the reasons why their power play was ranked uh, second from for a long time there and he you know he has like you said he's been scoring goals he's got more goals than Perry right now he's he's one shy of his <laughs> of the season he's got 23 points I mean he's well deserving of going to the all-star game probably the Ducks uh, second best player this season if you're counting from the beginning of the season obviously Raquel and Silverberg are right there rivaling him and uh and uh Kessler but yeah, he he's well deserving. Um, you know, came back from all the trade talk that we had in the off season surrounding Fowler, and now that I'm pretty sure that he's put down all the rest with his play so far this season. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, you you mentioned trade talk, and you know the Ducks did make a move this last week. You know, not, nothing crazy, but they they went out and got Enroth uh, for a seventh round uh, 2018 uh, pick. And it's just kind of funny because you and I had talked about Enroth, you know, back last season with the trade deadline and other things. And before the Ducks had got Bernier, what was going to happen? And and now here he is. And he's actually playing uh, tonight right now uh, for the goals. So the Ducks made that, you know, minor move. And, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, Bernier's not going anywhere. It's, you know, mainly uh, because Hackett and Tokarski have been injured. So they needed more depth uh, down in San Diego. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen uh, as the trade deadline comes up. And, you know, it's, it's a little over a month away. It's, it's coming up. And we just saw today that uh, Theodore and Nason, who had gone up, have come back down. Uh, we haven't heard anything else. But if you look at the Ducks lineup right now, they have 12 healthy forwards and six healthy defensemen. So it kind of leads you to believe that maybe Thompson or Stoner could be coming back. I know, I mean, if you haven't been following Thompson, you go on his Instagram, he's like lifting weights like a madman every day. So you know he's been working to get back. But it brings up an interesting situation. We have a few people asking about trades. They're asking about when Thompson comes back, what do the Ducks do? And I know we've talked about this a little bit, but what do you think in terms of, of trades? I mean, obviously the Ducks made that small one. And we have the cap issue. What do you see? Uh, you know, also, uh, you know, Colorado uh, did a trade with uh, McLeod too. So not the one we talked about or thought about, but the ball's rolling there. 
Um, you think something happens with the Ducks in Colorado or maybe some of these other teams that we've talked about before? Yeah, it's an interesting move for sure that the Ducks now sit with just enough players to, to, to ice a team right now. Uh, usually you like to have a couple guys up and, and you know, last the, the game last night you had Theodore and Nason sitting in the press box. Usually you like to have at least one forward and one defenseman uh, available to you uh, above the, the bare minimum. But, you know, it, it's interesting to see that because maybe, like you said, Nace, uh, sorry, uh, Thompson might be back. Uh, Stoner might be ready to go. Obviously, we haven't heard anything yet, but you know, it's a, it's an odd move. And and you know, as for the trades too, I, I mean, you you gotta look at Colorado. They they got the ball rolling with with the McLeod trade. Um, they, there's still rumors of them looking to to move maybe Matt Duchesne or or moving Gabriel Landeskog. Joe Sackett came out and, and said basically everybody's available except for Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rontanen. So that leaves a lot of possibility for them. Uh, Joe McGinley is another guy still with Colorado as well, who will most likely be with a different team come the trade deadline. He's looking to go to a contender. Uh, I doubt the Ducks go for him uh, just because of the salary cap, and the Ducks don't really have the space to make a deal with him. And when you look at their cap space, it it really does making uh, making a trade difficult for them right now. I mean, you can't look at some of the top uh, free agents or rental players that are available because most of them are making three, four, five million dollars. And unless the Ducks move out salary in the deal, you know they can't make a trade, say, for a second round pick for for a a rental player or anything like that. There's just no room for them to make a deal like that. So. You know, any kind of deal they make is going to have to be either a roster player for a roster player, and then you look at maybe moving a defenseman again, either i.e. Votnin or Fowler, or you look at moving a younger guy and you know trading for a forward and hoping that the other team retains some salary. So if they are going to make a, a big deal, it's going to take some flexibility, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think, you know, looking at these moves right now, if the Ducks are going to do one, I, I still think it leans towards getting a forward just because, you know, the way the Ducks have been playing, it, it's kind of weird. They've kind of shifted gears here. The Ducks are playing much better defensively. Um, offensively, it's it now kind of been hit or miss. Where early in the season, we saw it, it was, you know, they're scoring a bunch of goals and they're giving up a bunch of goals. Um, so it's kind of gone back to that. I mean, I like the way the Ducks forward lineup is, but if they're able to trade a defenseman to create more cap space, you know, when uh, uh, Thompson comes back, and then bring in a, another forward. I, I I think it would help. I don't know if it's you know necessary, but the way this team is now, and this is some other fan questions too that we've gotten is, you know, this team is is a good team, Eddie. That's going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're in first. Uh, you know, I don't really care if they win first, and I don't think a lot of people out there do either. We saw what happened the last four years, and we don't need to rehash that. But I, I think this team can do well. Um, you know, if they finish in the top three in the Pacific, make the playoffs. But I still think maybe one more player, Eddie, could get the Ducks over that hump and, you know, past the Western Conference Final and into the Stanley Cup. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think they're one top six left wing away from being a contender. I, I mean, they're finally playing like how we expected them to play at the beginning of the season when they said they're probably going to struggle to score goals. But defensively, the you know, the main guys are still there. So we would expect them to be good defensively. And we've finally seen that this year. Gibson started to play better. Bernier's come in and, and played well when we've needed him. And the defense has finally stepped up. And in the last few games, they've been unbelievable. So 
it's the goal scoring that seems to be the issue. And yeah, I think right now they're definitely good enough to make the playoffs, maybe go a round or two deep. And if they can get some depth scoring with the lineup they have right now, then yes, maybe they could contend. But there's a lot of maybes and ifs and and, and ands and buts in that situation if you don't add a top, uh, you know, a top left wing, preferably, or just a top six forward in general, somebody who can score some goals for you and is reliably going to score goals for you. Um, it's a tough trade to make, like I said, with the cap issues and 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 trying to find a forward like that available. I mean, a lot of guys we thought available at the beginning of the season, right now, you know, it doesn't necessarily look that way. You look at JVR in Toronto and the fact that they're pushing for a playoff spot, he might no longer be available. Um, I'm sure they'll still inquire and ask about him. Uh, you look at Detroit now, they're looking that like they're probably going to miss the playoffs. And so now, you again, you can look to maybe Thomas Tatar or something else in that aspect. But if I was the Ducks, I wouldn't really trade uh, some of the younger prospects like uh, like Theodore or Larson or Montour and, and move them for a guy you're only going to have for a couple seasons. I think if you're looking to move those guys, you want to bring in a forward, a young forward with some term that you can lock down and have for, for the next couple seasons. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if the Ducks make a move, they have to look at what are they going to do. Are they going to move someone that's you know been around with a, a contract like Botnin, or are they going to try and go for a young guy that's got a good uh, future? Me personally, Eddie, I, I kind of lean towards going with someone that's already been on the team for a little bit. I mean, um, I like the defense. I like everybody we have. I'm not really a big fan of getting rid of anybody. But if, if it came down to, say, like a Montour or a, a Votnin kind of situation or Theodore or Votnin or something like that, I kind of lean toward more towards Votnin just because the bigger cap hit and he's you know been in the league for a little bit. And then you've got these other guys that are you know just waiting to come up. I mean, we've seen uh, Theodore and Montour come up for a little bit, but these are guys that – you know, uh, you're looking to be uh, long-term guys and younger guys as well. Not that, you know, Vatnin's that much older, but he's a little bit older. And that's kind of the way I would go because I agree with you. I think one issue is if the Ducks go out and get another player, and we saw this happen last year, you know, the Ducks had Piran and McGinn and they're gone. And they had Stewart too and they're gone. So I don't want the Ducks to go get a forward just to have him for two months. I think that's kind of a mistake. I don't think that they should do that at the expense of, especially at the expense of a, a seasoned uh, defenseman. I mean, maybe if it's a younger guy, but like you said, it would have to be a situation where you know that that player's coming in and he's and, you know going to be there for a few seasons, and not just be you know an RFA or UFA come summertime. Yeah, and I think if you do go for those UFAs, you have to make sure you're paying a good price. And the Ducks did a pretty good job of that last season. They didn't pay too much for for the players that they they ended up getting in return in McGinn and, and Perron. You know, it's none of it's come back to hurt them. Um, I think it made them a better team at the time. We really thought they would have a chance to to contend for a Stanley Cup final with with the teams they had last year. And and it, you know the the issue with the, that this year is that there aren't that many guys like that available this year, at least not to, from what I've seen in, in the UFAs who are looking to be available. You look at guys like Radim Verbata and maybe him, um, but you look at the other, some other UFAs like Aginla, possibly him, but his cap, it's a little bit too high. And, and you know, you look at uh, maybe Alex Burroughs from, from Vancouver, but again, his cap, it's a little bit high as well. So it, it's a, an interesting situation for them because, you know, they might just stand pat. I, I mean, if you can't get a good deal for the rental, there's no point in, in paying more if it's not going to significantly make your team that much better. And there's no point in, you know, hunting down a Duchesne or a Landis Cog or a James Van Riemsdyk and, and overpaying um, if you don't think it's going to make you that much better. So I, I think there's a realistic chance they don't do anything significant, 
but you know there's a lot of things are going to have to change if they're going to contend and, and a lot of guys especially Perry are, are going to have to start scoring more goals yeah and you're right that that's part of the issue and that's why maybe if they do bring in someone else and shake up the lineup we'll have to see but you know how Bob is I mean there's not going to be anything super earth-shattering come trade deadline you know he's not going to go after some huge name player with a, a big contract I really doubt that's going to happen I mean if it does and it works out then great but I, I think like you said he's going to go more for the the player that can help at a reasonable deal and that's what we've seen you know it's like bargain bob kind of i mean he he works out these deals and, and he doesn't put the ducks in a bad situation i mean though this year we've been you know we've seen the team they've been forced into that because of the cap and resigning all these players um you know which has led to some other trades and whatnot uh you know and of course the uh expansion draft too has kind of messed that up but like you said if they don't make a move, uh, then the Ducks offense definitely needs to pick up. I mean, that, that's definitely going to be uh, a concern. Uh, you know, they played well uh, recently, and that was kind of another fan question that uh, goes into it is, um, you know, the Ducks have played better lately, but they've been playing these opponents that, you know, aren't necessarily, you know, as good. So when we're looking at this team, you know, they're in first place, you know, they're playoff bound, but have these last couple of weeks been kind of a false sense of security because the Ducks are playing good defense against poor teams and then the offense isn't coming through. So what do you think about that, Eddie? Do you think that this last couple of weeks is, is just because of the opponents the reason why the Ducks are playing better? Or do you really think the Ducks are playing better? No, I think they're really playing better. I, I mean, they're, they're, it's an easier schedule. There's no doubt about that. Um, but they played close games against Minnesota and St. Louis, which were probably the two hardest teams uh, so far over the last uh, couple weeks. They lost 2-1 to each of them and, and played solid games in both of them. You know, the Detroit, the two games against Arizona, the game against Colorado, and the game against uh, Dallas, and all of which they, they won all five of those. Those are, you know, easier opponents, but they're still tough games. You know, don't get me wrong, the, Detroit's a good team. Uh, Dallas can score goals at well and shutting them out is good as well and, and beating Arizona twice and you, like you said before that uh, in the last podcast that they always play the Ducks tough it's a Pacific Division matchup you know there's a little bit of rivalries there and the fact that you play them so often in the season and and those are big wins for them as well and, and even Colorado to some extent too we mentioned uh, when we were reviewing the game that they still have some stars on their team in, in McKinnon and Duchesne and Landis Cog on their fast team and I think the Ducks were able to keep up with them and, and play solid defense you know the goal scoring, the really the goal scoring was only there in the game in the, in that game against Colorado. Maybe the 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 winning three nothing win over Arizona as well. But uh, I I think I think you have to to look at it and say yes they've played well. You know you do have to look at it and say yes it has been a weaker schedule. But you you can't fault them for that. They have played better and, and they deserve to be recognized for it. Yeah, I think my only concern really has been this last couple of weeks, and part of it's been because Getzhoff's been out, but it's been the power play. You know, the Ducks uh, in these last six, seven games are now one for 20. Uh, you know, they've still been in the, uh, up towards the top 10. I mean, now going down more towards the bottom of the top 10, but um, that's just been my concern is that they, they've been getting chances. You've seen some of these games, are, you know, they're getting three or four power plays in some of these uh, contests, but they're not cashing in. So that's kind of my deal i think if, if you had to look at how they play i agree with you i think they are playing better especially on defense that i mean you know you can't you know no matter who you play if you shut out someone it's a shutout i mean that's what it is i mean yeah some of the teams aren't as good but you get three shutouts uh you know other games you're only giving up one goal here or there uh like you said they only gave up two in, in uh, minnesota in the st louis game so I, I definitely agree i think the defense is playing a lot better um I, the fact that they're 
able to play tight games and win most of the tight games is good, especially come playoff time. Uh, just kind of want to see an uptick uh, in the offense. I, I think that's really the thing that we've kind of honed in on is this team has kind of switched. You know, they're playing a lot better defensively, but now the offense has kind of gone quiet. So I hope that with Getzloff back that that may change uh, a little bit. Uh, he's getting assists. He's been getting, you know, assists in each of the, the games that he's been back. Uh, we just like to see Perry maybe get some more goals. Um, you can't really ask much more of the rest of this team. I mean, you look at Raquel, he's been on fire. Kessler's been on fire. Uh, Silverberg's uh, scoring again. Uh, maybe some of the other guys, Kase, if he, he chimes in again. Uh, but, you know, they've they've been doing pretty good with what they got. And, you know, as we talked about in the beginning of the season, Eddie, the Ducks have uh, relied on a lot of players from the goals. And so far, so good. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's right on, you know, saying that it's switched completely. And, you know, the defense has been better because the penalty kill has been better. And the offense has been worse because the power play has been worse. And, and you know, they, they coincide with each other. Um, the Ducks have have allowed less goals because they've been very good on the on the uh, the penalty kill. Look at the game against St. Louis; that's the third best power play, and you stop them on all three opportunities. But um, if the power play can kick up, then yes, of course, the goal scoring will go up. In turn, the Ducks will if they you know if they scored four or five more power play goals last week and were just a little bit better, then of course we I don't know if we'd be sitting here talking about the goal scoring. You know, four or five more goals makes a big difference, but. Um, yeah, I, I think if the power play gets better, then that will help with the goal scoring and everything like that. But no, I, I don't mind it. I think defensively, you know, trending upwards defensively is good for them, and, and it's shown. I mean, they're 5-1-1 one, and one in their last seven games, uh, and they haven't been scoring a lot of goals in that stretch. And, and you have to be able to win these close games. We talked about that early in the season, that the Ducks are going to have to eventually be able to win, you know, 2 nothing games, 2-1 games, 3-1 games. And, and they've been able to do it as of late, so... I think that's a good thing, and like you said, if if some guys can chip in in goal scoring, if Perry can get going, then the power play eventually will just trend upwards with it. You know, and with that, the uh, the Ducks uh, have three games coming up this week. They're going to be playing uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Colorado again, and Minnesota again. So it's going to be um, a little bit more difficult of you know a week, Eddie. I, I think Tampa Bay should be a good game. I mean, obviously they're also playing uh, the Kings and the Sharks on their uh, West Coast trip. Um, you know, and Tampa Bay's, you know, really um, had some health injuries. It's been their big concern, but that should be a good contest. Uh, the Ducks again play Colorado, which that should be a win. And then, of course, they go to Minnesota to play the Wild, which we saw what happened this last week. So it's going to be a little bit tougher, but I think the Ducks can still win two out of three uh, this next week, Eddie. Yeah, and you start with this game in Tampa Bay, or sorry, against Tampa Bay tomorrow. They they just played the Kings and won two to one today, so they're going to be tired. You got to take advantage of that for sure. Vasilevsky will most likely start because Bishop Bishop went uh, for, uh, for in goal against the Kings today. So it'll be a game you would expect them to come out energized. Um, you know they have to wear down the the Lightning. Uh, get to Vasilevsky early. The Lightning have allowed the I believe the most or second most goals in the Eastern Conference this season. So. That's something that's uncharacteristic of them. And, and the Ducks have to jump on that early. And, and I think it will be a good game for them. I, I think it's an advantage, obviously, playing them on a back-to-back. So that should be a win there. And then you go into the game against Colorado. And, of course, they are last place, but no game is easy. But you know, if they can play like they did against, uh, against Colorado like they did on the last game, I, I think that will be solid for them. They are able to you know keep up with their speed. They played well defensively. Gibson had a strong game, no doubt, in that one. So that will be a, a key game for them as well. And obviously, the, probably the toughest opponent of this week is the Minnesota Wild. 
and they've continued to play well. They beat Chicago the the two nights ago, and, and you know they still are unbelievable at home. And unfortunately for us, I mean they're good on the road too, but they're they're fourteen four and zero at home. They've won four in a row, and, and uh, you know before playing us, they play New Jersey. So it's uh, it's going to be a tough game, and that's going to be the toughest one. I mean we played a good game last time. We played Minnesota, only lost two one in regulation, but you can't get behind against that team. They don't allow a lot of goals. They win games two one, one nothing, three three two. So um, you know if the Ducks defensively have been a lot better this this season, it's going to be a real big defensive battle on that game. You know, with that, we'll kind of wrap up the show here. Uh, before we, but before we go, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the league and uh, the announcement about the jerseys, Eddie. Um, you know, Adidas is coming in. Uh, some things are going to change. They're only going to have two jerseys uh, for each team. They're not going to do three, uh, like you've you know you've seen most of these teams have an alternate third and they throw it out there. Uh, so some of you had asked about, you know, what are the Ducks going to do? Are they going to go black and white? Are they going to throw the orange one in there? Uh, is one to go with, uh, you know, what will they do come playoff time too? Will the Ducks go orange this, this playoff time, which I think was an idea you and I tossed around last season. Uh, curious, what do you think? You know, they're, they're going to go down to two. So it's going to make teams kind of be forced to, you know, pick, obviously they can't go with all three. Yeah. It will make some teams decide. I think most teams will stick with what they have right now or some variation of what they have right now. Um, we've seen jerseys change obviously before when they changed from CCM to, to Reebok and, the, the style of the jersey changed, but you know it wasn't a huge difference, and, and you know it was just more so the the look and feel of of wearing the jersey than and than anything else. But um, you know it, it'll be tough to see. I think the Ducks probably stick with the black for next season, the just black and white for home and away. I doubt they go with an orange and change things up and go with an orange for forty one games of of the whole <laughs> season next year. But you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them wear it in the playoffs. We saw Pittsburgh wear their third jerseys in the playoff last year and then ultimately making it their home jerseys this year. But I, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, of course, with the painted orange uh, slogan, it would make sense to, ha- to for the Ducks to wear the orange jerseys they have during the playoffs. I think it would it would uh, help with more fans wearing orange to the game. Something we've, we've hoped to see over the last two playoff runs is... Uh, more fans wearing orange to the game. And I think if the, the Ducks were to get in on that and, and wear those alternate jerseys, then maybe that that would attribute to that. But, yeah, I, I think I think for the playoffs, at least, it would make sense. But with Adidas cutting the jerseys down to two next year, I think it would just make sense for them probably just to go with the black and white again, to at least to start for the new Adidas jerseys. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's what's going to happen, but I, I I don't like it. <laughs> I'd rather them go with the orange for the home. I, I really would. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Is I don't remember what season it was, but if you remember in the NHL, when the white jerseys used to be the home, and then the colored ones were the white jerseys. You remember, like, the Mighty Ducks, they had the white and green was home, and then the uh, the purple and green was away, or, or teal for, you know, whatever, uh, eggplant, all that colors, you know <laughs> what I mean. But um, you get the point. But anyways, I, I kind of like that. I mean, I wish we went back to that where the home jerseys were white, so then, you know, the Ducks would wear orange, and then on the road they would wear black. You know, uh, that's just kind of what I would like to see. I mean, it's not going to happen. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they've switched it to where the the away jerseys are white. But that's just something I would like to see or at least see orange as the home. I just think it would be very, very cool. Or like you said, maybe at least in the playoffs. Um, It's kind of an interesting situation. I'm really curious to see how the jerseys are going to change yet again. You know, we've seen some minor changes in the last couple of years. uh, As we kind of talked about the – you know, with the Ducks, you've seen uh, as far as the colors of the uh, the 
the uh, laces and whatnot right around the neck area have changed. Uh, you remember before, too, the teams used to have it where it had just the little NHL logo and no laces. So uh, I'm curious. I hope it doesn't change too much, but you, you know how these guys are already. They're going to they're gonna make some changes because you know they're going to want to sell some more jerseys. Yeah, and I think it makes sense for them to go with two. I mean, I get the rationale behind it. A lot of people are a little bit disappointed that some of their favorite uh, third juries aren't going to be introduced next year. But, you know, this is a, a new provider. Uh, they've got to get a feel for the market. And, and it, it's understandable only having two jerseys. I mean, it, it from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Uh, you don't want to go out with three uh, and then it backfires. I, I mean... If you have two, you got two options for your fans. See how they like the jerseys, and, and it's a new design. I mean, well, we remember going from CCM to Reebok, like I said before. I mean, it was a big difference in the design and feel for the jerseys, and I'm sure with Adidas making them, it's going to be a big difference. So only having two options kind of makes it an easier decision, and I think it's a smart move for them to go with that. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, probably summertime, I think, maybe the time they'll, they'll you know show any changes or whatnot. Um, one other little thing we'll leave you guys with is, uh, you know, we tried to get uh, Kevin Boyle on the show uh, before and scheduling conflicts or whatever, whatnot. But I was able to catch up with him uh, this past weekend. If you hadn't seen it, he, he had a new goalie mask made. And it's a pretty sweet deal, Eddie. Uh, this this mask, it's got uh, Tamu Solani on it. Uh, it's got a tribute to the Mighty Ducks with Goldberg on there, Transformers. He's got his uh, family stuff on the back. It's pretty cool. So if you haven't seen it, you know, you can go check it out on thepucknetwork.com. Uh, he talked about it and talked about how his uh, grandmother was a big influence for him. Um, she is now deceased, and that's why he attributed the back part of the mask to her. So I just thought it was pretty cool. And I, you know, in looking at uh, some of the goalie masks, I like uh, you know Gibson's throwback to a bear. But this is a pretty uh, good mask, Eddie. Yeah, it's always cool to see you know the goalie thought process in the mask that they end up creating. I mean, we saw Freddie when he was here with the Lego Batman mask and and throwback to to his hometown and everything like that and then obviously with uh, gibson and his uh tribute to hair bear and, and the mask that he's had and you know the, the pac-man mask and everything like that it's always cool to see that um you know you see around the league you look at ben bishop's mask and he's got the lightning mask and um the neon mask well, it's, it's always cool to see that and, and you look at boris mask too it's really cool to see what the little things that they put on their little nuances they put on there to like to, for tributes to either family or or other former players or anything like that. So it's always interesting to see those. And it's also a different company too. You know, we're we're used to seeing David Art and all that stuff. This one's actually uh, Shell Shock Designs. There's some links on the, our website. You can check it out. They do stuff for other sports as well. So they did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, designing this helmet. And um, as far as uh, Boyle's done too, you know, he's played well and he actually uh, he won his first game wearing this helmet in overtime. He's uh, won five of his last seven games. Uh, with uh, just over two point uh, goals against the average and uh, nine two three save percentage, so he's been playing well in San Diego. Um, we'll see how he pans out with him and Enroth, uh, you know, as um, the season progresses. And of course, you know, with the players going up and down, uh, like we talked about, Theodore and Nason are back down there. So we'll see how that helps out the goals, and uh, you know, we'll provide more updates as well. Usually, Thomas does a, a two week article, so you'll see those coming out. Um, but with that, we'll uh, wrap up the show. And uh, we'll be back next week, and let's go Ducks!